Hello, hello, and welcome to Rookie Lab. My name is Smitty, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. My name is Painter, and my pronouns are they, them, she, and hers. We're here to talk hockey and all that comes with it. We are not gatekeepers. We welcome fans new and old. We are also not insiders, so please take most, if not all, of what we say with a grain of salt. All links and sources we mention will be linked on our blog, rookielap.wordpress.com. Got it. It's not Wookie Lap. Woo! I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. I did it. <laughs> I did. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay! That's what Proud it feels like. We did it. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So today, uh, Painter, you have some men's hockey news for us to go through? Yes, I do. Uh, mostly, my news pertains to stuff that's going to be happening next season. But with the, it's hard to believe that we're in the last two months of the season. Yeah, um, that's weird. Or the regular season, rather. So, uh, playoffs can be quite long, but we're winding down with the regular season, so it's time to start talking about next season stuff. And uh, there's two points of interest that I think are going to be interesting to keep an eye on. One being that they're talking about bringing back the reverse retro jerseys Ooh. for next season. Those were fun. Um, At least those some are of very them. fun. Some of them were fun. Some of them you could definitely tell, like, some teams threw them together last minute. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, the teams that went all out, love it. Loved yeah. it. Right? The, the Minnesota one, I still am in love with. Like, I see it, and I'm like, I want that yeah. so badly. I want that one. I really do. And I bring it up mostly because I'm kind of hoping that they just full send it this time and like really truly make the like generate some genuine revenue with it but also like really truly make something that's awesome and that way it gives every team another jersey to be able to sell because one of the things that has been sort of the talk of the NHL right now is making it more palatable, but also making like palatable to newer fans, but also making it more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can actually get more revenue out of it because mm-hmm. as of right now, the NHL doesn't really generate a whole lot of revenue in comparison to other leagues. Mm-hmm. So having different jerseys helps. Like, for instance, the Canucks just released their Pride jersey, and it's a beautiful jersey. If I was a Canucks fan, I would be snatching up all the merchandise for it. But typically, when they do those special Pride jerseys, they don't even sell them. Yeah. So I was surprised that there were actual jerseys for them to, like, in production that Mm -hmm. people could just buy. Like, that's going to be an important factor when we're thinking about the future of the NHL. And with that as well, I don't know how much you've heard about this, but there's been a whole thing back and forth for a while about uh, gambling in the NHL. You know me. I'm at the casino every Wednesday. Well... Don't mean by about that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. Idiot. I, 
No, I mean, like, that's a thing that's been happening yeah. with the NFL for a while. Oh, yeah, And yeah. the NBA, and, like, they have a whole thing, mm-hmm. and it's horse races. And so there's been this will-they-won't-they they for a while, but the NHL has actually signed uh, a partnership with some with a larger uh, gambling like association. MGM or something? Yeah, MGM. Yeah. And... Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews have signed uh, sponsorship deals. Mm-hmm. So I bring fascinating choices. To be honest, right? fascinating. Right? Well, Canada uh, stuff to try and push Canada to legalize gambling and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but I bring both of these up at the same time, mostly because it leads back to the jerseys. There's talks mm-hmm. of like advertisements. Mm-hmm showing up on jerseys in the future and that's been a whole thing for a while of how people don't want that but i'm like mm-hmm. bring it on honestly yeah. honestly if it gets more revenue mm-hmm. to where the the amount that players owe, owe uh uh the owners so that the cap can be raised so we can start having these ridiculous discussions about the cap and everything else yeah 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 Go ahead, mm-hmm. bring in some extra money because yeah. I'm tired of the conversation about the amount that the players owe the the owners and blah blah. blah. So, and if you think about like soccer, I mean, those guys yeah. literally have an ad like on their chest that looks like the name of the team. Yeah, but sometimes when I watch soccer, I have to remember that like, <laughs> oh, that's not the name of the team. Yeah, that's an ad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sometimes it's and when you watch international leagues they do the exact same thing yeah so it's like embrace the ad yeah and it's fine unless you have a better idea about how to generate revenue for a sport like generally does not generate as much revenue right in the u.s yeah like yeah like let's let's call it what it is Mm -hmm. they need to make some money yeah and so let them make some money i want Honestly, I want teams to go, well, I actually want the league, to be honest, to go, like, full, like you said, full send mm. into ridiculousness. Like, you know, yeah. the, the the weird NHL stuff that they have, like, bi-weekly or whatever it is? Yeah. Or weekly? I want that every day. Not necessarily, yes. not, not that video, like, that's a lot of work for those editors. But, oh, yeah, you know, like, teams to embrace, like, hockey is a weird sport. Like it's, it's an not, incredibly weird sport. It's it's not baseball where you know there's like gentlemen's rules. I mean there kind of is, but you know what I mean. Like you know baseball gets all, like it's all fluffy. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> it's it's just it's very different, right? Yeah. Like, there's, hockey there's, is just weird, and there's such a weird culture around hockey. Like yeah, yeah. we definitely need to change a lot of aspects of hockey oh, culture. Yeah, don't yeah, get yeah, me yeah. wrong, but there's just some weird, ridiculous and kind of endearing stuff that hockey players and coaches and everybody do mm-hmm. that people don't know about or pay attention to because because they don't know that it exists and it's yeah. embrace it like they're these these guys are sprinting around on ice there's knives on their shoes with sticks and they're chasing rubber that's yeah. ridiculous absolutely ridiculous embrace like embrace that yeah so it like it, the, the reverse retros jerseys, for example, like the my favorite ones besides the Minnesota one. The Minnesota one wasn't ridiculous, but my favorite ones were the ones who completely went like, "All right, 
we're going for this. Yeah. You want you want a rec- here's the stupidest rec- like jersey we had. Right. Cuz like 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 it's it looks ridiculous and dumb, but it's so fun. Like it's yeah. just it's fun. Like people are going to buy it ironically or unironically. Like it's a gag gift to give yeah. like you know, that kind of like it's like like think of the su- success that Gritty has had. Like that thing that thing the thing, yeah, that thing is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. But it, the reason that it it hit, like, it does so well, both in ho- with hockey fans and non-hockey fans, is because it is ridiculous. Yeah. And hockey fans recognize that hockey is ridiculous, and non-hockey fans are like, this looks ridiculous, so let's watch it. Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It's a giant orange fluff ball. With murderous intentions. <laughs> that really likes crystals. Like that that is hockey. Like is if hockey. you like we have we have hockey players who will go out like they have missing teeth. They will have teeth knocked out on live television mm-hmm. and then in the morning they wake up and they do yoga. <laughs> yeah. Like Like that's can ridiculous. We, can we please just embrace how weird these guys are and they how really weird are. this sport is. And that's why I love the fact that the retro jerseys are going to be coming back. But like I said, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You, you got to do commit. it. Like bring back those ugly jerseys. I want crazy. And when they do that, they may, they'll in fact notice that, hey, more people are watching this. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're making more money. Let's mm-hmm. just f- let's just keep doing this. Let's make it crazier every year. Let's just embrace yeah. the craziness and let these guys show their personality mm-hmm. and have a personality besides right. the fact that they play hockey. Mm-hmm. And do and maybe develop maybe help these players have a personality outside of hockey right? because some of them I'm pretty sure don't. Yeah, some of them I'm pretty sure they don't have a personality outside of and hockey. And that's terrifying. It's really terrifying because that's why they never leave. Yeah. That's why they retire and then they're in the front office, even mm-hmm. though they shouldn't be in the front office. I will say something similar to the gambling thing. We are seeing more, and I can only speak to the U.S. states. I don't know Canada's general feelings about most things. But in mm-hmm. the states, you are seeing sort of finally states recognizing that things that have been banned or illegal – that instead of completely like prohibiting it, you could mm. legalize it and then tax it, um, right? And make money off of that and revenue off of that. Which why a lot of states will go like they'll do the whole medical marijuana thing, but then they'll be like, oh, we can make a lot of money doing this, and then they'll right. basically completely legalize it. And you're seeing you hopefully we're seeing some in some places that and we hopefully will see it with more places with sex work, like. Right. Just the idea of, like, legalizing it so it's safer for sex workers, but then also you can tax people who are actively, like, using it, like, you know, the Johns, as as it were. Mm-hmm. You can tax them and, you know, make money off of that. Right. Like, there's a whole revenue source that you're not considering because mm-hmm. it's never been considered before. Right. But if we always did things the same way that we've done them, then nothing would ever change. Oh, that's philosophical for a Thursday. Uh. <laughs> so we're going to switch over <laughs> now. 
like, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh no, no, oh, no. If we start talking about change, change. When the two of us do not start. No, it's definitely not. No, it'll end up getting real weird real fast. And not in the yeah, good yeah. weird. Not the yeah, good weird. So. Not the weird that we want from the NHL, but like the weird is in, oh, they're yelling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch then from talking about men's hockey because we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Let's talk about women's hockey. What's going on over there, Smitty? Oh, things have been weird. Uh, But not in a good way. So... No. There's been a a lot of things that have been happening, but it's all kind of happened in the same sphere. Mm-hmm. I guess, so it's not necessarily like, oh, this happened and this happened and they're completely separate and they're, you know, making headlines separately. No, it's like everything's just kind of coming together. So the first thing is that the uh, the Toronto Six of the mm-hmm. PHF, which, again, is very, like, it's a new acronym to have to remember. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I PHF. still messed it up. Uh, I'm getting worried I'm going to end up saying NWHL and that's just because it's more of a habit. The Toronto Six are being sold, and well, I think at this point, I think it's final. I don't know. Have been sold to a, a a group of people that are there's uh, there's the NA, former former eh, former NHL coach Ted Nolan, whose kid, at least one, I think there's more than one brother, but Jordan Nolan um, mm-hmm. was an NHL player. Um, there's an ex-NHL player, Anthony Stewart, Bernice Carnegie, and Angela James, who is mm-hmm. a Hockey Hall of Fame member. They're, they are now the owners of the Toronto Six. And, what? Yeah. And it was supposed to be a big thing. But mm-hmm. Angela James, uh, is, there, there's been... And, uh, we've kind of touched on this. There's been, there is, there is a rift between the PHF and then another group, the PWHPA, mm-hmm. which is the Professional Women's Hockey Player Association. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a rift between them for a while, for years now, and it's always been. There's always been this sort of like un- understanding that if. Like, they're both trying to work for the future of women's hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, you know, that was the thought. But they have different ways of going about that. They have different ways of thinking how to get to the best future for women's hockey, which is totally fine. That happens a lot in mm-hmm. sports leagues, in regular jobs. Like, you just have different ideas and you end up, kind of dividing into factions and it's not fun it's not exactly happy but it's also you know just kind of not the best for anyone you know unity as cliche as it is it's always better to present a united front than uh than a fractured one i guess right and I'm, i'm quoting from a cba cbc article Mm-hmm. from Canada. Uh, days before the PHF officially announced the sale on Monday, Angela James, again, Hockey Hall of Famer, posted a lengthy note on a Facebook group page in which she accused the PWHPA of stunting the sport's development because of its refusal to join forces. 
Um, her message drew more attention when Toronto Six player uh, Soraya Tinker reposted it to her Twitter account. Oh, no. And Angela James wrote, Right now, I'm so disappointed in the PWHPA. Whose interests are you trying to prote- protect? Why can't you work out? Yeah, why can't you work out these differences instead of suppressing and handcuffing the elite women's athletes in the process of the pro game already made? Women's hockey is bigger than the PHF and the PWHPA. Together, we can make history. Now, big thing like that's huge already. Like, I mean, it, mm-hmm. for women's hockey, that's already been a thing, but it's sort of been the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, you would talk about it, but a lot of people would kind of skirt around it or try and talk about one or the other, not both, in the same room. You know, just kind of like, okay, we don't really know how to best handle this, so we're just gonna not, you know. And there certainly have been journalists and thinkers, I don't know, commenters on Twitter who have thought about this stuff and have had thoughts, but usually they've been kind of outside of it. Mm Mm-hmm. This is sort of the first time that we're having someone literally in it um, sort of throw a punch, as it were, metaphorically. Um, yeah. It's sort of been a stare down, and now it's it's sort of like, oh, well, a punch has been thrown. And I say that me- not necessarily meaning actual fighting, just like... Someone's finally said it. Like, yeah, something, is- something has happened. Like, we no longer have this uneasy truce. Yeah. So... Now I mean, what? <laughs> it was bound to happen. Oh yeah, it's, but it's one of the. It's I. I know. I'm sure that the other the other people in the group that bought the Toronto Six, like, could this have waited? Because it's a huge. The Toronto Six, the new the new owners of the Six, it's a diverse group. You yeah. have you know. Uh, Nolan is a first is a member of the of a First Nations tribe. Stewart uh, is chair of hockey, hockey equality. Angela James is black. You know, like it's like that. It could have been that, and instead, it it's now about this fight, basically. But it really opened up the wound to mm-hmm. being discussed and. Something else that has happened is that the PWHPA has a, a like things have been happening with select NHL teams and major corporate sponsors, and the idea is that they will form a league within the next year. At least that's the idea, and that is sort of where a lot of other women's hockey fans started speaking more about it because it's one thing to say it like to say something but then to see like oh i guess we're really not going to consolidate yeah anything like that that's something else and i know a a lot of you you can see both sides and i know a lot of women's hockey fans are a lot more pragmatic than i don't know men's hockey fans where it's like (laughs) we see both sides of this, we see why, like, the PWHPA would not want to join the PHF. I mean, it's still a new league. It's still very, like, you're not sure what's going to happen. Like, And, I mean, they've also, they're losing their commissioner. Yeah, it's, it's really not stable, you know. But. 
but neither is the people. Right. That's like the thing. neither of them are stable. <laughs> like, can we just talk about the fact that they're sitting here and they're staring each other down, playing chicken, mm-hmm. when neither of them have legs to stand on? Right. And when it comes right down to it, like if you really look at the what the PWHPA is working towards, it's not so different from what the PHF has. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, when when the rift first started, and it, it certainly was, like, like there was a difference of, like, well, players don't have a whole lot of say in what goes on, like, mm-hmm. players aren't being paid the way that they should, and all of that. Things seem to be getting better with the PHF, that's for sure, that, that seems to get be yeah. getting better, for sure. What, whether it will or not, who's to say? But the issues that the PWHPA has sort of put forth as like, here are our problems with what was the NWHL, now PHF, doesn't, what now what they're creating doesn't seem that different. No, so it's sort of one of those things that people are like, what? And my thing is, there was a connection between the NWHL and the NHL before. Mm-hmm. And that fell apart pretty freaking quickly. Because mm-hmm. let's remember, the Riveters used to be very much connected to the New Jersey Devils. Yep. And that partnership fell apart before the NWHL even folded. Yeah. So, forgive me, uh, PWA, whatever, if I'm not totally convinced that this league of yours is going to happen or that the NHL is actually going to be consistent in its mm-hmm. support. Well, it's not even, like, it's, if it, I think, it for me, it would be one thing if it was the NHL. Mm-hmm. But it's just select NHL teams, which, yeah. considering how we've seen, like, at the start of the pandemic, and then even through the pandemic, we've seen how owners of NHL teams have treated their players and, and employees then. Yeah. Um, they aren't, like, select teams. That that, that means nothing that means to me, nothing. except that, oh, that's not great. Because getting owners to do to spend any money um, collectively is really hard, as baseball is finding out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially on something that's not pulling the revenue that you want it to pull. Right. So it's it, it's it's one of those things where people are starting to question, but no one has really had. It's sort of like we don't know what. Um, concrete future we could have for the PWHPA, but there's always been a question of, of, you know, what are their real intentions, which sounds awful, but it is something that you do question. If, like, if you start out saying, oh, we want a women's league, and then there is one, but yeah, sure, that league didn't pay well, that they didn't have, there's no health care, there wasn't any security in that. Okay, great. We get that. You don't want that. Okay, cool. But then with, with the PHF, seemingly, at least, I mean, sure, they, they still have their commissioner issues or whatever, but 
they seem to be moving in a way where like they are going to provide health insurance. They are going to be raising the cap. They are expanding teams. Mm -hmm. All of these things. And they seem they're, they're getting games on ESPN too. You know, like all of these things at some point you're like, well, what, what are you doing again? Besides complaining. Right. Like at this point, like it started out as a noble cause, but yeah. there's a certain line where a noble cause becomes just being kind of snobbish. Because I'm going to be honest with you, the only time I hear about the PWHP, yeah, APA, is, yeah. <laughs> I still get it wrong. There's so many Wait, letters. There's so many letters. First of all, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah. Second of all, um, the only time I hear it, it about the association is when it's in tandem with the PHF mm-hmm. and yeah. they're talking about how the PHF is doing all this stuff and maybe eventually the PWHA will be like, yeah, this is interesting. This is cool. But nope, mm-hmm. it's always, nope, they still hate it. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to need y'all to let your egos go. Mm-hmm. If you want the sport to get the respect it deserves. Yeah. And that's all I got to say. We're finally getting into some interesting rules, y'all. All right. That makes me happy. Yeah. So what we're going to do is, now that we're getting into the rules that can actually be summarized more explicitly, we're just going to hit the highlights with a lot of them and also uh, poke fun at a few things here and there, as we always do. But we're getting to the ones where I do, and we do want to make sure that... um. Things make sense mm-hmm. because they are now things that are actually impacting the game in a more explicit way. Mm-hmm. So, rule five specifically addresses the team as a whole, mm-hmm. teams as a whole, and what it is that it takes to be listed as a team and what have you. 5.1 is specifically about eligible players. So, if you've wondered how many people are on a team on the ice at one, not one time, but are supposed to be playing the game, mm-hmm. you need 20 players to be able to play the game. 18 skaters and two goalkeepers. This mm-hmm. is why uh, people get called up from, like, the minors and blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll talk about that eventually. But, essentially, players refer to any... But players refer to both skaters and goalkeepers, so therefore, 20 in total. Mm-hmm. Now, at the start of each game, the coach or manager, usually the coach, though, comes up with a list of players who will be eligible to play the game. Because you usually have more than actually 20 players on your team. There's always... Sometimes you'll have teams that's just straight up the 20 players, but sometimes you may have like 21 or 22 people that are on roster. So you have to make a list every game and send that list to, and it's indicated on a roster sheet, and you have to send it to the official goal, official scorer. If you send that list and somebody else dresses before the official game, then the referee, it's their job to make sure that that is fixed so that a penalty is not assessed. If it is not fixed before the game, then a penalty will be assessed, essentially. 
5.2 is, is, is talking about el ineligible players. So if a player is identified as ineligible at before the game and on that list, they cannot start playing. And if they try to get said player to play and a goal is scored while they're on the ice, fun fact, it will be taken away. It just it makes me giggle every time that's listed yeah. because so much is put into to make sure that ineligible players do not play mm -hmm. and they cannot sub in like that they're like oh by the way if you manage to sneak one past us and yeah. we find out yeah you can't like switch jerseys on the bench with yeah. like a forward can't suddenly become a defenseman like you can't just like switch jerseys and yeah 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 maybe that's happened before i don't know if that's a concern i feel like it's probably happened <laughs> oh yeah oh, there was some crazy stuff that happened like happened like it happens even like in early days of leagues so you know oh, players yeah. and coaches just trying to poke things <laughs> to see what sticks <laughs> yeah to see just see what happens yeah <laughs> and i i do love the mention in 5.2 as well that like if you manage to get them to score a goal on the ice before this current one happens that one's fine but if they're on the ice for the one that they we catch them mm -hmm. you don't get to have that one yeah now 5.3 is about the goalkeeper mm. so there has to be a goalkeeper on the ice at all times. Duh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but well, not technically at all times, because well, you can pull the goalie. Yeah. True, true. And there should only be one goalkeeper on the ice <laughs> per team. I can't have five? <laughs> no. You can only have the one. <laughs> the goalkeeper can be removed and another skater substitute, mm -hmm. but um, the substitute skater is not the goalie it's they have to actually be a skater mm -hmm. uh each team should have at least the one substitute goalie on the bench if both are incapacitated then no skater of the playing roster in the game shall be permitted to wear the equipment of the goalkeeper this is why we have the emergency backup goalie mm -hmm. because it's quite literally in the rules that I know there's jokes on Twitter sometimes of defensemen mm -hmm. switching out and becoming the goalie or yeah. like guys who used to play goalie becoming the goalie in that minute. Mm -hmm. That's legally they cannot do that. Uh, obviously, they can help out their guy. We mm -hmm. see that, but they cannot officially dress as the goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. So a team is able to dress whoever is eligible. Um, if both goalkeepers go down, usually that is your e-bug, but, um, if, a, if that guy goes down, <laughs> there is no warm-up period <laughs> yeah. for said goalie either. So, it's rather unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, and the recalling of minor league goalkeepers can be done to ensure that they have goalies prepared. You often see this with um, rosters where they know that a goalie is hurt, but maybe it's not bad enough to where they can't play, but if something happens, they want to make sure they have a goalie on call just in case. And so that is a, something that they sometimes do. And then that goalie would technically 
be ineligible for that game, but then the next game they could play because they would originally be on the scratched list. So you would still have to use your e-bug unless the e-bug goes down. Yeah. It's it's quite strange. In occasion, on some occasions, they do, I think, allow for the scratched uh, goalie to play. It sort of depends on the situation, but in general, they are not allowed to um, do an emergency uh, substitution in that regard. Yeah. Now, for coaches and team personnel, which is 5.4, one non-uniform player shall be permitted on the player's bench in a coach's capacity. Interesting thing I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. Because <laughs> I read that and went, holy fuck. I want that so bad. But we don't see it. <laughs> I know. Which is why I wanted to talk about it first. <laughs> <laughs> One non-uniform player can be a coach. <laughs> yeah. They can just, like, as long as it's designated on the sheet. And I would be so delighted. Like in Mighty Ducks, mm-hmm. when Charlie was a coach yeah. for for like a game. Like I, I would love for that to be a thing. And here's here's what like, – okay, so I would uh, – my thought was uh, chaos, um, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> what, I mean, imagine – so the, the general healthy scratches that you have, kind of your fourth-line plug guys, mm-hmm. the idea of having them – just like on the bench in a coaching coaching coaching, but still technically a player Mm -hmm. to just like you know gas up the guys or you know yell things like i want i want coach hype man basically honestly i want that so much like the idea i this 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 whatever team reads this rule book and is like hey we could do that and then like uses it they're my new favorite team. Honestly. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, like, they like, would be my favorite team for the night. Because. For the uh, night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like. I want. I want that. Because it's just the idea of having an active player. I mean you see them in the suits when they do the whole walk-ins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But an active player. As in a coaching capacity. Who. They know how. They know what they're doing. They know the, right? the, they know those guys better than the coaches do, probably in some cases at least. But like they know what they could know what to say to exactly, some, exactly. to either someone on the team or they know what to yell and chirp another pl- like another team's player with. Use it. I just, I <laughs> want it so bad. I want to see it so badly. When I read that, I ha- I had to read it. Like three more times to make to sure be, that you under like, yeah because yeah. I was like why does this happen it doesn't they apparently no. they want to have like an actual coach on the bench and I'm like why the fuck would you do that but like like let's think back to the times when because of COVID protocol mm-hmm. full coaching staffs were not able to yeah to be on the bench you could have. Ha- you could have had a player do it. Like, could come I, on now. Oh, man, that would have. Yeah, I am a match. Certain, certain, certain teams have certain players. Mm-hmm. Where would they make a good coach every day? No. No. Do I? But want in them that moment, it would be miracle the bench on ice. And yelling. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And I know that they've done it for all-star games in the past. Right. I'm not talking about an all-star game, dude. No. I want it to happen in an actual game with actual stakes. Have a, a rotating system where, who, like, one of the healthy scratches, if you have one, because sometimes, you know, injuries happen and you don't really have any healthy scratches. Yeah. But, like, let's say uh, a, a non-rookie or even a rookie. Ooh, that would be fun. Oh, um, that would be hilarious. Or just have a rotating system. Whoever you get, like, a healthy scratch, like, you get to coach. If you did healthy it last scratch, night, more like assistant coach tonight. Right. Like, <laughs> like you were, you were, you were healthy scratch. You were healthy scratch last game. You're going to be healthy scratch this game. Like other dude gets to be coach. Yeah. Like or whatever. You know, I just want. That'd be so I great. want there to be a system where that happens because the yes. idea of one. Now that I thought about it, rookies should be involved because the idea of rookies being behind the bench in a coaching capacity when the vets are the ones playing. I cannot describe how much I want to see rookies terrified. Not because yes. I want them to be scared, but because I need them to, like... Some of them need, like, a good punch to the ego gut. Yeah. So, and I think that would do it. And I also think it would give them an interesting perspective of having to step back from the game in that regard. So That's I think the that pragmatic would be reason. Well, I'm the pragmatic <laughs> one during this section, Okay. <laughs> So, but yeah, so that's really the main chaos thing that I saw, and I was like, hello, I would like that. Please. My other favorite one was, I believe at one point it says that the name has to be correct, it's not the number yeah. of the player. And I, we've seen that, we've seen this happen at least once relatively recently, mm-hmm. where a player was like, like their name was misspelled, or something happened, and they ended up being inel- ineligible to play. Yeah. Rule 5, to me, is just delightful mm-hmm. because it doesn't even say until the end that you can only have 23 people in total on your team. Yeah. But you have to have at least 20, which mm-hmm. gives you, like, zero wiggle room. It really does. It's wild. Yeah. It gives you zero wiggle room. Like, if you, think, if you think about how many players are on the sidelines for a football game, like... Right? There are so like I'm like I don't know how many players there are because there's so many of them. Yeah, and that's why I've had people in the past ask me like, if they have all these healthy scratches, why is it that when somebody goes down in a game, mm-hmm. they can't just like have them go out and play? Yep. And I'm like, well, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. It's also not allowed. So- I think it would be an interesting change to make. I think it would, but I think I can see where part of the concern is, is Mm -hmm. that, like, it's harder to warm up on the sideline for hockey. Get it, and I don't get it at the same time, and it's just odd. It's just, there seems to be, like, a solution, but at the same time, the solution doesn't seem that great either. Mm -hmm. Now, Painter, do you want to hear some other stuff about goalies? Of course I do. Okay. So, goalies uh, have had a rough time. In hockey, well, in most sports, if you're a goalie, you've had a rough time, which is why uh, in most sports, goalies are considered weird because um, yeah. they have things being shot at them and they're cool with it. Um, yeah, yeah, could not be me. No, I've said this before. I will say it again. I'll say it forever. If I were a goalie, I would just be screaming the whole time, <laughs> like out loud. And maybe it would be an intimidation tactic, but probably not. So you would be that kid from the Mighty Ducks who had to be like taped to yeah. The- oh yeah. 
Yeah. Like I'm, I am a defense. Like if you get me on a play, like as a player, I'm a defensive minded player, mm-hmm. but the idea of being in charge of that, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, could not yeah. make me. Uh, so for Smitty's hockey history corner section class, however, we've decided to call it today. Um, class is in session. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go way back to the beginning of the NHL. And uh, this, actually, this, so this information comes from a New York Times article, but it was originally, I got inspired by something that I read on the Montreal Canadiens, like, main webpage. They have, like, a history section or something. And I saw something that maybe, that was like, what? So I went looking, and I found an article from the New York Times, which thankfully wasn't behind a paywall. Probably because I haven't, I don't think I have, I, I don't think I've used my articles for the month yet, so... Just don't hit refresh. And uh, probably my, my this is from uh, December 15th, 2017. And my favorite thing about this article is that NHL, after each letter, the author, Eric Zweig, or Zweig, depending on how you pronounce that, uh, mm-hmm. put, a, put a period after each letter. So it's N-H-L, mm-hmm. as opposed to just <laughs> NHL. There have been a lot, obviously, there have been a lot of changes in hockey. A lot of changes happened relatively either relatively early on in the NHL's existence or the NHL changed it actively before the league actually became the league for safety purposes or other things that they're like this doesn't really make sense for example there used to be a lot more players on the ice uh than there are now um, the idea of having yeah there there was at one point uh I think I know for a fact at one point there were seven skaters on the ice, and I believe somewhere else in my research on this, some somewhere I read that there was nine at one point, which just sounds <laughs> insane. It could even have been more at one point. I tried to look into it, and I got distracted by this, which is how I ended up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, so. Wait, 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 nine players per team? Yeah. Also, no. <laughs> another thing I found out uh, was that penalties used to be three minutes instead of two. Uh, so a minor penalty used to be three, and a major penalty was five, which is why a major penalty is still five. Ah. So there you go. Oh. Uh, so, anyway, I don't, I don't, I have to look into the reasoning on why it went the change to two, but I ended up distracted by goalies. So, yes. <laughs> so obviously today's goalie, the typical goalie is huge. Um, they're very tall. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily thick. Like, you look at some goalies and you're like, you are string bean. But <laughs> but they have pads. It works out. A long time ago, goalies were short and not, not hugely muscular, I guess. Uh, about 100 years ago, the average player was about 5'9". Uh, and 160 pounds, which is a normal height and weight. Yeah. But, like, now you have players who are, like, we're, there's some players that I'm like, you're getting close to seven foot. You need to stop. They talk about 5'10 being short these days. <laughs> right. And there were, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of changes that happened when the NHL first started. Uh, and they sort of, Adapted very quickly to things. Not like it is now, but that sort of is a thing for newer leagues. You tend to change to things quicker because you are like, oh, we got to do this because it's not good. So (laughs) around this time, we're talking 1917. 100 years ago, this article was written in 2017. So 100 years ago. this the, The scores 
on in this season were insane, but uh, specifically December nineteenth, we have the Montreal Wanderers beat Toronto ten to nine. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Ottawa Senators seven to four. Um, uh, Joe Malone would score forty four goals in twenty games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in nineteen seventeen and eighteen. Three nights later, so I think it's twenty second. <laughs> um, three nights later, the Canadians scored an eleven to two victory over the Wanderers, and Toronto beat Ottawa eleven to four. So you can see that there were a lot of goals being scored, right, Painter? Yeah. You can see yeah, that? I can see okay. that. I Many. Can see that. So, here uh, is one of the reasons why. Not the only reason, but one of the reasons. Goalies had to remain standing. What? Yeah. Goalies could not sink to their knees. In fact, if they did, it was a penalty. What? So, it was a pen- not only was it a penalty, they got fined. What? So a goalie had to remain on their feet the whole game already. Weird to think about. But if they were to go onto their knees to stop a puck, that's a three-minute penalty because at this time it's three minutes for their team. And they were given a $2 fine, which is 1917. So it sounds like nothing, but I'm sure it was something. Now, (laughs) here's the fun part (laughs) about this. (laughs) This is when I started laughing. Apparently, Art Ross is one of the reasons why this rule was changed. So, <laughs> Art Ross sort of, he pointed out that if any other player dropped to their knees anywhere on the ice, there was no problem. Like, a player could, like, go to their knees to block a puck outside of the goalie zone, and it was fine. But the goalie couldn't drop to their knees. I... I don't like that. That makes my brain hurt. <laughs> so, so it was it created an issue for obviously keep like goalkeeping. You want to be able to move however you need to, but if you couldn't go to your knees, which now you see goal like they basically they live on their knees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as it was coming out of my mouth, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, I could say something real disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, this is not that kind of podcast. Even if, like, let's say a, a defenseman, like, a goalie was out of position for whatever reason, and a defenseman got into the goalie, what would become the goalie crease, if the defenseman got there, he could go down on his knees and stop a puck. So what I'm hearing is if I'm the goalie, I'm just chilling outside the, <laughs> the goalie net. Well, that's, I think, what... The issue could have become. Thankfully, uh, people kind of went, well, at least Art Ross pointed it out, and they went, uh-oh. Like, mm, mm, okay, that's weird. Maybe we should change that. So yeah. uh, they did. very, Actually, very quickly after that, one thing that the New York Times also notes is that um, the oldest living at the time, I don't know if he's still living now, I'm sorry, but he was 93 at the time. The oldest living NHL netminder was Johnny Bower. He played for the Leafs. He said he had he did not know about the rule, but at the time, Toronto's current goalie, who was who, Painter? In 2017, who was Toronto's goalie? Freddie Anderson? Right. He <laughs> had heard about it. And in fact, 
Um, his dad, who was his first goalie coach, Fred- Freddie Anderson's first mm-hmm. goalie coach, was his dad, taught him to stay on his feet a lot more than what, like, now we would think of as, like, you know, a goalie position. That explains so much. There you go. Uh, so, and even in the 50s and 60s, like, goalies still were kind of expected to be standing, but they could go, like, they could drop onto their knees if they needed to. As the years went by, goalies just kind of went, why am I getting up? Like, I'll just stay here. <laughs> I'm gonna live on my knees. <laughs> yeah, so eventually now we have, you know, the, the butterfly style of play, which is what we are used to seeing. But I thought... But it is something that I think I don't know about other goalies. What it is a is a weird rule change, but I like the idea that like Freddie Anderson's coaches were basically like you got to stay on like stay on your feet as much as possible because it does sort of help with the flexibility and like being limber and able to move. Mm-hmm. But now you know, and not all goalies do this, but you see a lot of goalies tend to be much lower to the ice and sometimes that opens up holes that you know a good developed goalie basically does learn how to stay on their feet while also being able to move yeah very quickly low to the ice i want to say low to the ground because they are on the ice so yeah but yes at one point the goalies could not drop to their knees and it is easier to go from low to high than high to low as Mm -hmm. well so yeah. it's easier to be set low and then go up to make a stop. Mm-hmm. So that does explain how someone was able to get 44 goals in 20 games. Obviously, it was a loophole that was found. I enjoyed I mean, I'm sure other players saw it and knew the loophole. But I like that it was Art Ross that basically went like, hey, um, this is weird. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but that is Smitty's Hockey History Corner section class. Class is dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we have our new hockey fan question. And with the uh, upcoming trade deadline, which, uh, by the way, for those who are listening to this when it, when this is released on a Monday, uh, Painter and I won't be doing a, a live podcast, as it were. We're not going to be live streaming anything, but we will be recording a special episode that will just be dedicated to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, after the trade deadline happens and all the trades are closed, basically, <laughs> the trade window um, are closed, we will record basically our reactions to each one. It won't be the same format. We won't talk about rules or anything. It would just be, like, you know, our reactions to trades. And that will be released as a special episode. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, Very excited, because any trade is fair game. There's been some dumb ones already. Yeah. Uh, And and based on the fact that it's been pretty quiet, right, like, up until now, at least. I say that. Tomorrow it'll be crazy, I'm sure. Right. Uh, Because I said that. It's been pretty quiet, so... That basically promises a crazy ass like trade deadline period. So yeah. basically, from now uh, on Thursday the tenth to the trade deadline, we're going to be documenting trades um, so we can talk about them. It feels a little bit like free agency did uh, this past off season. Oh yeah, where everyone was just waiting for that first person to drop, and as soon as they did. Mm-hmm. 
like 15 different signings came out yeah and within a couple of days of each other and it was like oh so y'all were just okay yeah okay so in prep in preparation for that um if this is your first trade deadline um experience in the nhl it's not necessarily too, very different from like an mlb trade trade deadline in my opinion mm-hmm. but there is sort of a mental preparedness that you have to go through yeah. uh this month like the month like month out from the trade deadline you got to start mentally preparing yourself uh okay. up until not even the minute after it has to be like a half hour after the trade deadline closes because some trades are still getting like you know yeah that's something that newer yeah. fans may not know or even mm-hmm. older fans may not know that a trade can still technically happen after the deadline. It's just that the trades have to be submitted yep. by that deadline. Yeah, and so, that, that was my f- that was a fun thing I learned last season because there's basically like there's just some dude with an email inbox or a phone like number line, and yeah. as long as you're in that inbox or like in that phone call line, like mm-hmm. like you're by this time you're good. Yeah, so. Our question is going to be, how do you best prepare for the trade deadline? And Painter, since you know a lot more about trades, I'll let you go first. Uh, first, you have a good cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I think one thing you have to kind of keep in mind, and this may just be for me, but you have to sort of recognize where your team is at. And because at this point, not I know that there's always the hope and the dream of a magic run of like one perfect trade is going to make it so that like you're going to jump over that like final hurdle and those sorts. So you kind of have to think about where your team is at. If you're like me, you try and anticipate not who you're going to get, but in general, like what position you think the team's going to go for, because that can kind of. Uh, give you an indicator as to who it's going to be or who it, like a list of who it could be and who is more likely to leave. Um, And then you want to sort of remind yourself that nobody is untouchable. Right. Like, I know every franchise wants to talk about like how like, oh, every franchise, like every team's fans want to be like, oh, this player is untouchable. They would never trade him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see, you say that, <laughs> but then they trade him. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I will admit that I am that person that is very much like you're allowed to be sad if mm-hmm. your team Oh yeah, I'll trade be, your yeah. favorite player. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you weren't saying like saying that's many, but like mm-hmm. for those of for those that are like, does that mean I just can't not care? No, you can care. No, yeah. Like it sucks. It sucks yeah. when a player that you like gets traded. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to. The way that I approach the deadline is that I like to think. Now this isn't always the case, but I like to think that if a tr- if a player is traded, they're traded with the intention of letting them either A, get more ice time and opportunity, mm-hmm. B, uh, family, agent, whatever needed a uh, change of pace, mm-hmm. or C, they know that with their expiring contract, they're likely to get a better deal with this team. And even if they don't, it opens up their opportunity because they'll usually get 
more ice time with said team. Yeah. So they get more chances for scouts and what have you to see them. I will I will also say I come from a, I want <laughs> for a, a variety of reasons I come from a very privileged position, but one of my privileges is that I trust my team's general manager. And that's a huge mm. privilege to have in any sport, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in, in, in hockey especially because that is Specifically a team sport. You can't mm-hmm. have one guy carrying a team, um, as some teams have found out. Um, so, but <laughs> but I, I'm lucky and privileged that I get to, that I can trust the general manager. So if a change is made, I know that the general manager is making this change because it's best for the team. Yeah. But I try, even with teams that I don't follow, like, I look at their trades, and I'm trying to, like, okay, what were they trying to do? Not necessarily will it happen, because we can't, I can't tell the future. Even the best analysts will sometimes be wrong. You know, you kind of want to look at, like, what were you trying to do? And were you doing this for the betterment of the team? Or right. were you doing this to the betterment of, like, your team owner's pocketbook? But you always hope that at the end of the day, everyone ends up going to a place that will allow them to find success. We'll need to get into RFAs versus UFAs eventually. Right. So a lot of uh, most players will have, most players will have some kind of like no trade clause where, or modified no trade clause. There's a lot of that, but basically they get, you know, a list of teams that they don't want to go to. Mm-hmm. And players end up having a lot more of a say than just like, oh, you're just being shipped off somewhere entirely against your will. Plus, most of them are all going to stay in the NHL, which is where they want to be in general. They don't necessarily always care what team they play for. (laughs) Yeah, there's genuinely some play. Now, it's not the case for everybody. Everybody, of course, has their preferences too, but there are some players, they do not give a hoot and a holler who they play for as long mm-hmm. as they get to play hockey. Yeah. Now, there are definitely players that grow attached to particular areas mm-hmm. and they do love the area that they play in. Obviously, that is not to say that does not happen. That's not to say that you can't have like franchise players who truly like love and embody the crest that is on their the front of their jersey. That mm-hmm. being said, go get your bag. Like that you're going to Go get your bag. We'll probably talk about this again when free agency pops up. Yeah. But go get your bag. Go get your money. Yeah. Get your money. And also get that term. Mm-hmm. Because there's some GMs that straight up will not sign players to long-term contracts. Yeah. They just won't do it. Just mentally prepare yourself. Are you sharing tweets with me while we're podcasting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so weird. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm listening. Back on track. Something will happen. There's going to be something. Every team does something. They always do. But some teams will be... Especially teams in rebuilds. Right. Some teams are going to deconstruct uh, completely. And others are just going to, you know, change a minor face 
that maybe you hadn't even noticed was there in the first place, which sounds awful, but you know. Um, so far, it's been a lot of like future considerations. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see how it all goes, how it all shakes out. Yeah. So, if, if you would like more specific counseling, if you would like more specific tips, ideas, tricks. ways to approach the deadline in general, advice, um, I would suggest looking at Cat Friendly. That is a nice, mm-hmm. right, nice little plug there. Love you, Cat Friendly. I know you're obviously listening to this. Cat Friendly, we love you. We love you so much. Also, Hockey Reference, love yeah. you too. I would check Cat Friendly. It kind of gives you an idea. They also keep up with uh, trade information too and um, are usually pretty quick mm-hmm. about uh, addressing ideas like rumors and then changes and trades and what have you. So that's a nice way to keep up with things, a nice way to sort of like gauge who might be going, who might be coming in, mm-hmm. what you have the space for. Yeah. Um, I am, I know that, and I, I say this, okay, so Painter definitely follows, like, the the contracts and stuff a, a lot more closely than I do. I surely do. But I, as an example, I'm on Cap Friendly at least once a week. But I know that Painter's probably on a lot more than I am. But I can't, like, Cap Friendly especially is... I have it bookmarked. And Hockey Reference does this too. But it yeah. answers a lot of questions that you could have about, like, what RFA means, what UFA means, what, you know. It, there's a lot of different things that could come out of a trade beyond just, like, this player for this player or... Especially early on to the deadline, we see a lot of, like, trading for picks. Yeah. Or sweetening deals with picks. And yeah, and that's else, so. the easiest part to understand, like, about what can be added to a trade. Then you have, mm-hmm. you know, future considerations. Like, what is that? Um, yeah. Or, you know, when RFAs, why certain RFAs, restric- restricted free agents, are more likely to be traded than others. Mm-hmm. You ha- There's a lot of nuance to it, and cat-friendly I, I know because I use it a little bit more than Hockey Reference. Um, hockey Reference is a little bit intimidating for me just because there's a lot of numbers. And there's not as many pretty pictures. <laughs> Cat Friendly has graphs. And I'm like, oh, I understand this. It's a picture. Yeah, so I would recommend kind of going there and familiarizing yourself with, like, where your team is at in terms of the cap and like how much certain like some players are paid or all players are paid you don't have to memorize them please don't memorize their salaries that's weird just to kind of prep yourself okay you want to talk about my dumb take of the week yes i do not have a dumb take of the week because admittedly i had to be off the internet this week it was giving me a panic attack yeah which is understandable um my bad. No, you're fine. I've got one for the both of us. Because I got mad this week. Well, actually, this past two weeks. Because there's been a couple of different times recently. And, I mean, this has happened more often than just the last two weeks. But I've reached... Yeah. For whatever reason, for what, my brain just went... Reached is not the right verb tense. But whatever. Um, it should be, like, roached or something. I was like, this, what? <laughs> I've roached. I um, roached? <laughs> I don't know. But okay, so I've I've reached a, almost a breaking point of this. Uh, we talk about the rules, and we haven't really talked about um, like when play gets stopped or situations can referees review plays yet. We will eventually, yeah. but I am getting really tired <laughs> of players getting injured. And then 
nothing coming of it. I know that hockey is a dangerous sport, and obviously, like, you go into it kind of going, like, some at some point, you're going to end up breaking something. Mm-hmm. Probably multiple times. You go into that accepting that kind of risk, sure. But if a player gets injured because of another player's actions, specifically on a different team, we can talk about what happens if it's, like, friendly fire, then the player who caused the injury needs to be... One, there has to be a penalty. Like, if there, in some way, there has to be a penalty. And if, for some reason, it's a concussion, and, like, those don't show up immediately sometimes, uh, you know, someone can present as being completely fine, and then they go home, and they can't function. Um, Yeah. So, in those cases, you might not know that a penalty needs to be assessed, so then there's fines for that. Basically, if there is an injury... There needs to be a punishment for that injury. We've come to the point with sports, hockey, where they have the best pads. They have – their helmets could be better, let's be honest. Well, their helmets could definitely be better. Their helmets are shit. Like, they're wearing pads. It's not like the 70s. It's not the 60s. They're out there just in jeans. It seems like it to me. I know they're not actually, but – you know, like, it just looks like a pickup game happening. Like, they're being protected, and now, and when we have an injury, the NHL just goes, well, it's up to the referees on ice to assess whether there was a penalty or not. Like, I'm tired of that, and it's dumb. Yeah, um, I think especially, like, I'm sorry, if your shoulder connects with a head... Mm-hmm. Fuck off! I don't. That's care. a penalty. Yeah. I don't. I don't care if they intended to hit the head. Intention doesn't matter. Yeah, it happened. Impact happened. Now there's a guy with a concussion. You have people with broken ribs. People are breaking wrists because someone decided to hit when the numbers were showing. Um, for yeah. for new fans, you are not supposed to hit a guy when you can see the numbers on the back basically you can't hit from behind yeah um, and that's supposed to be illegal to do in hockey but you've mm-hmm. but you still see it because like well can't catch every single one and yeah. blah 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 momentum and well he turned at the same like yeah so just because someone happens to be in the way of someone who's losing ability to control themselves doesn't mean that they don't end up injured yeah and if I hit someone because I lost control of my car, I couldn't stop, I would be punished for that. Yeah. And these guys are basically weapons themselves. They're not they're not 5'9", 160 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least most aren't. <laughs> and the thing is, like, yeah, accidents do happen. We can acknowledge that yeah. accidents do happen. That's not what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is that... When a dude is injured and on the ice. Also, can we talk about, you know what, slightly other side tangent. When a dude is on the ice and he's bleeding, the whistle should immediately be blown. Yeah. I don't understand why that is still not really a thing. Like, they've gotten better about that, about making that happen. But, like, why is it? That that is still an issue. And to me, that connects back to the idea of it's like, a dude is injured on the play. 
can we please make some consequences happen and also maybe get the medical attention that is necessary mm-hmm. immediately after it happens? It's sort of like you have to put a punishment in place and there has to be a line mm-hmm. regardless of intention or not. Like, hey, that dude is injured. Like, play needs to be stopped and some kind of penalty needs to be assessed. Accident or no? So we will end it here. But if you, friends, family, uh, NHL officials definitely listening to this, um, <laughs> if you have any, <laughs> any, any dumb takes, uh, please feel free to send it to us on, a, on our Google form that you can find on our website, rookielap.wordpress.com. Got it. Um, it's going to be a thing every time I manage to get it because I can he- I can hear myself like saying Wookie. And then instead of mm. WordPress, mm. I would say like mm. WordPress or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you have a dumb take, if you have news you want us to talk about or news you think is just interesting, give it to us. Uh, if you have a question, you just want to say hi, all of that, uh, we'd love to hear from you in our Google form. Um, like we mentioned earlier, we will be having a special episode for the trade deadline. It will be, I'm usually, Smitty, I'm, Smitty's usually the one who does the editing of the podcast, and I'm planning on doing very minimal editing on the trade deadline one, because that one's probably going to be quite long. So, uh, we might go a little bit crazy. Apologies in advance. But, We'll see how this one goes and whether it becomes <laughs> a regular thing. Um, maybe something that's just in, like live streamed for people to listen to, uh, but not recorded. So, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about any editing at all. Uh, but we'll see what happens. This will be the first time we're doing it. So in between now and the next time you hear from us, uh, I hope that you have a great week and all of your hockey teams win all of the games, except for the ones that are against mine. Stay safe out there, friends.